0: From good old Bristol, Connecticut. Back in the... They call it the catbird seat. Is that what dads would say about that? I'm sitting in the... uh, I don't really call this one my old studio. I feel like the other studio is still my old studio. It's really shaking its head right now.
1: No, because your other one, I mean... That
0: was the OG. That was the
1: OG studio. This is is Collins' old studio.
0: Yeah, that's how I see it. I see this. So once Golik and Wingo started up, then we were here because they they fancied it up. That's right, I forgot that. Yeah, they didn't want two radio shows to do like they wanted that one to look specific to that show so i mean again that makes sense so uh this is Will's studio it's kind of how i see it right also field eight studio field eight studio uh, yeah, how is that the
1: fantasy focus pod
0: oh that's right who they,
1: knows they might be they might they might be on the move we don't know to another studio yeah a big deal field getting married this week by the way what's up shouts out the field wedding yeah this week i think i think it's tomorrow
0: that would make sense. A lot of guys get married on Saturdays. Yeah, big deal. Where is it? Dennis Yarmouth? I mean, it's got to be Nantucket. Chatham? Right? No, no. They got to be Nantucket.
1: Nossett? Definitely not the Vineyard. Not the Vineyard. Rivals.
0: Rivals. Intense. I love when summer kids try to pretend they're part of the intense Nantucket Martha's Vineyard rivalry. Like, oh, the Vineyard? Vineyard sucks, dude. Nantucket all the way. Oh, really? What are you, from Danbury? <laughs> you know? Although, as I've said numerous times, being from a place like that, you're like, oh, it must be good. It must be great. Like, yeah, it's, it is great. And you get older, you don't... Um, you take it for granted when you're a kid, right? When you're a kid, you're like, this sucks. Nothing's open. There's nowhere to eat. It's the same people um, We get beat up in the winter. By older kids that graduated high school that have nothing to do. So um That's pretty dope. Yeah, not the <laughs> best. I, I I go to the Falmouth Mall on a Saturday by myself to go buy rugby shirts from the gap. And then you show up to school on Monday and like four other kids did the same thing. You're like, cool brown rugby shirt from the gap. Did you get it from the gap? Because that's where I got mine. But then you get older and you start coming back and you're like, hey, this is beautiful, this is gorgeous. But I have more fun on Nantucket because I'm not from there. Very simple math on that one. Vineyard, your home. You know, your home. And then, anyway, so I'm sure you guys are really excited about the Nantucket Vineyard Breakdown Podcast hours after the NBA draft. So let's get to it. It's just going to be me, Sarudi here. We don't need anybody. I have some free agency stuff, some stuff that I've already talked a bit about on the... Sports centers that I did this week. So I was back in town with Van Pelt, and then we did a wrap. I'll just kind of start with the general. That's a tough watch, man. That's a tough television watch. It was not, and it's my favorite day of the year. I didn't have a great time with it. We were sitting in the pre-show room. They've got this big room where all of Van Pelt's staff is set up, and it's just a bunch of guys watching games, throwing ideas around, eating some food. There was a going-away party, so we had a little Outback. I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. Outback Steakhouse is underrated it always has been i've said it before i'm going to say it again it's underrated not a read but you're sitting there and you go okay we know zion we know jaw the nick stuff with garland late garland because he's a clutch client uh teams were very frustrated about not getting any of the medicals on garland at all like they just they just pull back all the information they weren't doing as many workouts so the garland was a guy that I would say teams, at least first-rounders, had the least amount of information on. And then once the Knicks call and they go, okay, can we get this guy in for a workout? Let's forget, or excuse me, let's not forget, the draft's in Brooklyn. So everybody's already there. So if the Knicks go to Garland and say, hey, do you want to work out like the day before? Then Kobe White apparently did it the day of. It's because of proximity on top of everything else. So I think it turned into this, oh, no, are they going to go for R.J. Barrett? There was also a late rumor, perhaps, too, with the way that the new Memphis front office is structured and some of the ties that there could have been some weird last-minute, hey, we're actually taking R.J. Barrett instead of Ja Morant. So I think the Knicks are a little worried about that. But the Knicks-Garland thing wasn't because they were on the fence about R.J. Barrett. I felt like a month ago it was pretty clear, based on somebody I talked to, that it would be R.J. Barrett to the Knicks. But the Garland thing was gathering information, and I know this can sound obsessive, I don't know that it's Sam Hinkie ish tracking warm up jumper position shots like oh Nerlens Noel went three of seven from the left baseline seventeen feet extended during a warm up. Uh, no, I, I don't think it's that. I think teams just go hey you never know like Darius Garland what if he's available in four years what if he's in a trade or something like that like let's let's get this kid in here watch him in person we add information to it like that's that's really what some of this stuff is and and it is always important for an organization to just make sure they're in good standing with any kind of agency so whether that's I don't think it's LeBron down the road for the Knicks but you know maybe other clients because remember this Anthony Davis thing is always a little weird and that you know you could be looking at an entirely different situation and and that's probably something I'll talk about a little bit later okay so then the Hawks move up because you didn't think the Pelicans wanted to put Darius Garland with Lonzo and Drew Holiday. I would have been okay with it. I'm well established on this podcast that I like Darius Garland. Um but if they want to move back and we get to the Pelicans and, you know, there was this sense of last night like the Pelicans won the draft, okay? And that's beyond just taking Zion. Atlanta won the draft, okay? This is where it was going to start to get weird. And it also, you know, DeAndre Hunter, then Garland goes to the Cavs, which I thought was going to happen if he were there. I think if you're a Bulls fan, you're thrilled that you ended up with a point guard through all this. I think if you're a Suns fan, you're going, are we actually ever going to get a point guard? What is the mission statement? Three years without a point guard and no playoffs. But our trainers are awesome. Um, And then ultimately, look, Phoenix ended up with one a little bit later on, and that was Ty Jerome. Who, by the way, the more and more I would watch him just from a drafting thing. I really like Ty Jerome, man. I really do. But... You know, this is the part of the league where it's so in your face. You know, people can talk about all these different aspects of life where it's like, should you talk that way? Should it? Is it you know, is it really OK to go ahead and say something like this? And you go. Yeah, you know what you know, what an NBA guys say is give me the long list of successful stories of white guys with limited athleticism that play in the perimeter that are really successful in our league. And I'll be like, that's not a long list. However, I mean, whether it's the hat thing that's been going on for too long, where if you're drafted by the team that technically drafts you, even though we know that's not where you're going and the NBA gives you the wrong hat. Uh, last night was was just out of control. You could not we were all sitting there being like, wait a minute, what, who, where? And when it's every single trade and that's what I I thought it was going to be around 10 or 11 out of control. And I sent out a tweet saying like this thing's about to be a free for all. Here are a couple examples. You know, the first seven, eight names, it was a, it was the right stretch of it. You know, some teams liked Reddish, some teams didn't. You know, you sit there and say, Oh, you got a top five talent at pick 10 if you're Atlanta. Well, okay. There's a reason why I went 10 because he ended up being a pretty big disappointment. And especially as the season went along, it seemed like it got worse. Okay. Um, not saying he's a disaster or anything like that, but it, it's just kind of funny how we can oversell guys just because they were supposed to go higher and then they didn't because they didn't play as well. And then somehow that's a positive. That's kind of weird. And then once Rui Hachimura went ninth, and then Cam Johnson goes 11th. you are like, here we go. Okay, Hachimura, I had heard Charlotte wanted it twelve, but they were afraid they weren't up high enough, and they ended up being right, so their intel on that was right. There was thoughts that maybe there was a promise somewhere else in there. He apparently never even talked to the Wizards, so that was kind of funny. And as I was trying to dig through any Hachimura promise from other teams, a couple teams in the 20s go, yeah, um maybe, But we wouldn't take him where we are. And we're talking like 20s, man. Like, yeah, we wouldn't take him. It's like, okay, here's a problem. So we've got 15 slots of variance there for a guy in Hachimura. And that was kind of the thing that you were thinking. Like, this was the draft. That I had the least amount of like lock. Usually it's by the time Thursday rolls around or Thursday afternoon, I get a couple really good calls where other teams are like, Hey, this is what we think is happening. And if it's a guy, and then if it's not him, then it's another name. And that's about it. This thing was all over the place. Like Romeo Langford, I think is an interesting one because he ends up going 14 to the Celtics. And if you watch Langford this year, it wasn't very good. It just wasn't. It just, there wasn't anything that stood out. There wasn't anything that was great. Because it's Ainge, you know, it was kind of like the Spurs-Lonnie Walker thing from Miami last year where I didn't like Lonnie Walker and then the Spurs took him. And I go, I guess I'm going to be wrong. You know, it's the Spurs. There's a little of that with Ainge. And I know the history of, oh, he hasn't done this, he hasn't done that. If you look at the draft position, um, you know, I'll, I'll do some of this Ainge stuff a little bit later. But it makes me pause a bit that they went for it. But the thing that kind of scares me if I'm a Celtics fan is the Romeo Langford thing. Like, everything immediately has been about his thumb injury. Okay. So all of the reasons he wasn't good at Indiana are directly related to the thumb. Maybe that is true, but I'm telling you minutes after the pick, that seemed to be the thing. And there were other teams like Romeo Langford's reps were calling around and I would talk to teams and they would say, Hey, you know what? This is Monday, Tuesday, week of. You hear anything on Langford? Cause I think they're worried about where his, like where he could go. Like they're worried he could drop too much. Um, Nasir Little is a perfect example. Portland gets him at 25th. They had him twelfth on the board. Got a text from somebody there last night. What's up? Stunned. Bull, bull. I thought he was going to slide. I didn't know he was going to be sitting. He was there so late that he didn't even have a kid hand him his hat. Like it was just the hat was on a on a dude on a mannequin's head, and it was like, hey, when you when you drop this far, you're in charge of your own hats. We're sorry, it's just the, those are the rules. Bull, bull. Seven two foot injury, immediate red flag. Like, that's another level of of medical red flag, but I don't know the specifics of it. I wouldn't be comfortable sharing any of it unless I knew for sure. I just know in the way the NBA world works of like, hey, did you hear about this guy? Did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? The intel teams were getting back on Bowl Bowl was not good. I don't know if he's the worst kid ever, if he's just immature. I don't know. And I'm not going to get into specifics because, again, I don't know, but I can give you enough in that teams are like, I don't know. Oh, and by the way, his foot hurts, and he's that big. He is skilled, though. He is skilled. In the world of 7-2 kids that just get drafted for being 7-2 that were total stiffs, that is not Bull Bull. He is not a stiff. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if it works out. So it was a different draft. It could end up being, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to end up being better uh then then the early the, let's just say day the week of this whole thing and leading up to it this was not considered to be a very strong draft but it was the most unpredictable one that i can remember and the trades and the lack of just being able to follow the story as it went along it it made for it was kind of bad tv and you know what are you going to do if you're the nba you're going to tell teams hey don't trade as much cuz the other thing that was happening is a team would draft it we'd say that's not the team and then they, the pick would have been traded. And then we realized, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They just traded that pick. So that pick was traded a second time. So we thought the kid had the fake hat and we wanted him to have the real hat. But then the real hat would have been the fake hat too. So it was not – it was exhausting to kind of watch the whole thing. And then the second round, I went on at 12.40 a.m. Eastern. Last year we went on at two or 12.02. They did not stick to the clock at all, at all in the second round. It, it was went – it went way too long for it, so yeah, Mister Draft Guy over here. That was a tough watch. Just, we were watching Ceruti now here in studio, so take it away. Can you explain
1: why it's not like the NFL? You know what I mean. Whereas that, like, why don't these trades get finalized? Why don't we know where? Like, we all know pretty much where they're going. just reporting, telling us this stuff, but why is it? Why is it finalized in the NFL but not in the NBA?
0: Ahead of time, you mean?
1: Yeah, like why in the moment can they be like, hey? the you know the pelicans traded back this is now uh this is now the the hawks pick like put a hawks hat on like why why what's not being finalized that that is that is being finalized in in the nfl draft
0: i actually don't know the answer to that um my guess would be that it was it was kind of like on the on the journalistic standard side of things to go hey until the transaction is final like, you should have to keep this hat. Or we don't want to give you the new hat, and then the trade doesn't go through, and then we look stupid. But you know what looks stupid is everybody wearing the wrong hat.
1: Don't even give out hats. How just, about no hats? walk up on stage and be like, hey, you got drafted. We'll figure it out like, later tonight. Yeah. Cheers.
0: <laughs> you sit there, and you shake Silver's hand, and he goes, I'm not... I'm not 100% sure where you're going. Yeah, Maria
1: Taylor is just like, hey, you got drafted. We're not exactly sure where, but you know what? Congrats to you. You
0: can't even talk about the kid in a fit. Like, there was one pick last night where the guys were breaking down how he would fit with the team. And then, like, that was one of those where you didn't know ahead of time that the pick was being traded. So it's brutal to have to, like, I would love more than anything if I could have one thing that I've got to do. would be to sit at that desk on draft night. But if you were to sit there and start going, well, I like how this guy compliments this guy, and you're like, "Hey, Rosillo, wrong hat, not on that team."
1: Well, Yeah, the ultimate one was last year when Bridges gets drafted by the Sixers, right? And everyone's like, "Oh, the story's great, like he's from Philly hometown, blah blah." blah. And it's like, "Ooh, actually, no." <laughs> yeah, I'm right. Of the Suns. <laughs> <right. laughs>
0: yeah. When um, I did it, I don't know how many years I did it in the building, but ESPN Radio, the way it was set up, we'd always get the pick right after he was drafted. We would get him before anybody, and. You know Trey Burke, because he thought he was going to the T Wolves. I think that's what it was, and he had the two. And he like looked at me, and it just—I can imagine being a kid, and you think, "Okay, does this mean I like they don't want me?" And being annoyed about it, but at the same time, you're going, "Dude, everybody's everybody's getting traded." The NFL also doesn't trade seventy-five percent of their first rounders, so maybe there's something easier to do there. Okay, I want a couple of Saruti thoughts on the draft, but before we do that. As most of us have found out the hard way, getting into debt is easy. Getting out of it is hard, especially if your FICO score isn't great. Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score and offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off high-interest credit card debt. Basically, you get a ton of debt. you got to come up with a plan, man. You can't just stare at it. I know this is going to shock you. It doesn't go away. What's that movie where the guy's like, hey, hey, Steve, your problems aren't just going to go away? You know what I'm going to do when I tweet out this link? I will tweet out what movie that's from because it's a really great line, and it's delivered with some, I don't know. I don't know if it's sarcasm, humor. Upstart goes beyond the traditional FICO score when assessing your credit worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter interest rate. Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. They believe in you, and they understand that. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate in just a few minutes without affecting your credit score. The best part, once the loan is approved, most people get their funds the very next business day. The next day, over 200,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards, student loans, fund their wedding, or to make a large purchase. Free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot and hurry to Upstart.com slash Russillo, R-U-S-S-I-L-L-O, to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes and won't affect your credit. That's Upstart.com slash Russillo. Give me your takeaway, Saruti. People need them.
1: I think today everybody thinks the Hawks and the Pelicans are making the playoffs next year, right? Which I that's think is a little absurd. aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> like let's pump the brakes, especially on the Hawks. Well, I guess the East would be easier, but I don't know. I, you know, I like the guys that they have. I like that they certainly have the names that everybody knows, but I don't know. And then I think it also makes it interesting is the Doncic trade last year, right? We kind of know who it is, so it's 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 Trey Young and it's reddish for Doncic.
0: I still like it for Dallas. But
1: I think, I think both teams are probably happy. I, like, yeah. I think both teams are probably happy. Yeah. Right? Both teams played. No,
0: no. Look, if Reddish ends up looking like the guy, I mean, Reddish is so big and he's so athletic. I and mean, when you would watch Duke and, you know, sometimes I do clips and sometimes I do games and kind of watching how the three of those guys interact. There are a lot of times I'm like look like, look at Reddish and he's just bigger than RJ. I want to go ahead and double check those combine measurements. But. Just
1: just them standing, the three those three Duke guys standing last night. I mean, Reddish is several inches higher than taller than either of those guys.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and look it up again because I don't want to do the. See, this is the problem with the NFL. As soon as you type in anything, combine, it's it's over. All right, standing with shoes. Another reminder, it's your six-month reminder that everyone's height in the NBA is with shoes. So Taco Fall, seven-seven. His wingspan, by the way, ended up being five-plus inches more than Bowl Bowl. Anyway, um, Nas Reed, that was a weird one. LSU kid, three reps of the bench, 185, 250, rebounding monster. Maybe he was just like, "Hey, I'm bored." I don't Maybe after 3 reps he was like, "I don't really feel like doing this actually." Um Reddish measured 68 208. Gosh, that doesn't that doesn't even seem like it makes sense. Um and then RJ's RJ's not going to come up. Yeah, cuz he's too cool for that. The too cool for it group was RJ Garland Hunter, John Morant, Zion, which is fine, and uh, Okiki, your boy Tell me about Okiki. Because- I like
1: I like that pick. Um, I was it was controversial in Magic Twitter, but it's 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 a classic guy. How How is they Magic Twitter? Take. Magic Twitter is angsty. I think you know
0: you and Kevin Clark texting a little bit. Kevin Clark,
1: yep, yep. There's a couple guys. Do you
0: and, go on Reddit boards?
1: Yeah, I don't <laughs> know if I post. I just you know, I just look around. And there's then there's definitely Magic Twitter, which is out there, which was very confused about the pick. But listen, the guy, obviously he tore his ACL. He looked really great later in the season. Later, yeah. He, and the the difference between this guy and the guys at the match have taken in the past is yes, he's lanky. He's he's like a combo weird forward, but he, he seems like he could actually shoot. Um he was he's decent from three, and he's probably gonna miss most of the season, so that's fine. But it's not like they were counting on him for the season. So I, I actually kind
0: of I actually kinda like the pick.
1: Okay. All right. Strong
0: review. The thing about O'Kiki that I thought was surprising is that before he was hurt, he was still kind of twenties later lottery, or excuse me, not later lottery, later first round projection. And then you're like, no, no, we're just taking him right in the middle of this but, whole thing. But I heard
1: a lot of people I and mean, you tell me if this is right or wrong, but like from like ten to thirty, it was just like, eh, I don't know, they're all yeah. kind of the same. Right?
0: Mm. So Yeah, I have enough enough people said it. I don't know that i agree, you know, necessarily with that. Um but yeah, you know it's not it's it's not ridiculous, and that, that's why I think there were so many trades because guys are going. Is there any way to add any kind of asset to move down a few spots when well, I don't even really even care? Like the Celtics again when they took Thybul, the Washington kid, who is considered the best perimeter defensive player, and he is. And even though they played a zone this year at Washington, that's not what he did for his entire career. But he, he led the Pac-12 in steals and his anticipation defensively, the way he would jump in a passing lanes, like really really awesome stuff. Simmons was upset about that one. Yeah, Bill was a big Thiebel guy, and I was like, have you watched him a lot, though? He was like, no, not at all. And that's what I appreciate about Bill. He was just like, no. I was like, have I watched Matisse Thiebel a lot? No. You know, I've got <laughs> two have. kids. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But his shooting went from 40 to 37 to 30% from three. This year they stuck him in the corner and said missed shots. And we say 3 and D about guys way too much. Like, way too much. Like, oh, is he skinny and long? 3 and D. Let's do it. So, can he get back that shooting stroke? Could it be a confidence thing? Maybe. And the free throw numbers will tell you that's good. I just, for Philly, basically Boston found out they wanted Diable, took him, and then picked up the extra asset to move back a few spots. Because they because Ainge loves shooting. Ainge loves shooting. He loves tough guys. But um Diable better figure it out because... I don't think the Philadelphia 76ers need to add more non-shooters to the perimeter. When you're number one ball dominant players, it, he's not a bad shooter. He It doesn't exist. And Simmons, Zaire, who I like, who is back. Um, but it's just something to be concerned about with Philadelphia to add Diebel into the rotation if you're going to say, okay, where's the shooting come? You need shooting in this league. Forget just with Embiid.
1: My other thing, too, is people seem to be very mixed on the Jackson Hayes pick. Either, like, great next to Zion or, like, non-shooter next to Zion like not, you know what I mean like they were completely opposing ideas and like it's like okay what is he, he's basically like a rim runner I saw the guys in the ringer last night debating whether or not he was a better prospect than Mo Bamba which got me super worried and actually I think
0: two of the three guys said he was um
1: <laughs> so I panicked immediately yeah well
0: Jared Allen ended up being the best center of any of these Texas kids that were drafted in the last few years because I didn't think Jared Allen would be this good and he's really good mm-hmm. I mean he's He's good to a level, but he's, he's beyond it. Um, you, it sounded like you weren't done. So I don't want to keep.
1: No, I just want to like, is he a fit next to Zion?
0: Okay. Great question. Cause I think this plays into the whole Atlanta thing. Cause when you look at Atlanta and you go, Trey Young, Herder, who's going to be an MVP caliber kind of guy. Um, Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, Collins, like, Oh my God, that, that team's amazing. Well, right there, because it's new and it's sexy and it's a two lottery picks and Reddit's supposed to go higher and DeAndre Hunter went four and the Trey Young thing seems to be working out and Herter's just a younger bird. Collins is, it's just Uh, a bird
1: clay Thompson mix.
0: Yeah. 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 A little clay, a little sprinkle of clay in there. Just that, that five person poster when they put it up, when they put that graphic up on the SVP show, when they put it, you're like, man, look at that. Okay. Maybe. And the same thing was happening with the Pelicans because it's like, okay, it's Drew. It's Lonzo. Oh, wait a minute. They're able to add Jackson Hayes and then they got, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker who, you know, at certain moments looked like he belonged. Uh, I, the thing I liked about Alexander Walker, and this is going to sound stupid, but when he played in the big games against the other top guys, the Duke guys, the UNC guys, the Virginia guys, he showed no sign that he didn't think he was right there with all of those other guys. The box score would tell you he wasn't because the, the numbers were terrible in the majority of those games. And yet when I'd watch him, I'd go, okay, this guy thinks like he expects to be out there. I mean, there's something to be said of that. So I, I took what was negative with the stats and tried to turn it in some kind of positive. But what's happening there is the same thing. Like, okay, there are your five guys. We have all of our positions filled. We're going to be awesome. Hey, look at us. We got Zion. We got Drew. We got this. We got that. Um, we got Brandon Ingram. Excuse me. And now we have a center. Oh, Jackson Hayes. So there's a start of five. Let's go make the playoffs. That's, that's too much for me. That's too soon. On get up. They were debating are the Pelicans a playoff team. I want to go through the West and East standings here and see how many teams feel like they're locks before we get to the Pelicans or before we get to the Hawks. But Jackson Hayes is a, a simple player, maybe in the best way. Um, I thought he was soft at first. Some people still think he is. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. Other front office think that that's totally BS. Not soft whatsoever. He's a, Big that's rolling to the hoop over and over and over again. The catches that he makes, some of the catches that he makes on that roll in traffic with a bunch of other guys swinging their arms around at him, they are incredibly impressive. Like, that's the thing that I think that the more and more you watch him, you go, this guy catches everything. Now, how many minutes is he playing? You know, because I still like small center Zion more than I like him as a power forward until he figures out his shot because, you know, I could do the three knocks on Zion thing and they'd all be accurate, but I don't feel like having that get in the way of how much I love the rest of them. So is Jackson going to play like 18 to 20 minutes? Is he even going to be ready for that? Because maybe that's how you spell Zion. You move Zion to a different position and then you let, you know, the other 18 minutes that Zion's playing, maybe he plays 35, maybe he plays 37, I don't know, probably 35 with the way everybody freaks out about minutes now. You know, is it was a 15 minutes where Zion's playing center? But you'd have to, to, to be a sane person, you have to at least admit that you go, there's a chance it also doesn't work out at all. And, you know, the Pelicans are really incredibly lucky. The analogy I use with Van Pelt was forgetting Sarah Marshall, one of my favorite movies ever, right? Anybody that's gone through a bad breakup, you look at Jason Siegel and you go, yeah, but you've had this good run and now you're in Hawaii and now Mila Kunis likes you. You know, most of most of us, it doesn't go that way after the bad one. So, you know, tighten it up. And that's really what happened with the Pelicans is Anthony Davis is Sarah Marshall, smoke show, TV. I mean, that's tough. It's tough to break up with a famous girl. And the Lakers are Russell Brand because you're like, are you going to seriously do that? <laughs> you know? Like that, that guy. He's definitely got an STD. You know, like give me a break. Like I get, I get the glamour part of it, but long term, that's what you want to do. And Siegel's all bummed out. He's the Pelicans, and then they win the lottery and they got Zion. And that's the cute, cuter arguably girl behind the desk in Hawaii that then flies to L.A. To watch your weird show, your Dracula show. And that's even weirder because she's there. She's flown there. She tells you the trip is open-ended and you're like, oh, huh, cool. Maybe we'll catch up, have some cereal. Like, no, this is a layup. She's there. She's there to see you. And you're going, oh, wow, we got Zion. So the Pelicans have no idea how lucky they are because that doesn't really happen. Just like what happened to Jason Siegel in that movie. Is not the way it goes for 99% of us.
1: Might be your best analogy ever.
0: <laughs> I feel like I've, I've teased it a bit as it, as it organically happened with, um, the guys down in Baton Rouge on the air. It just sort of happened. And then I was like, I gotta, I gotta tighten, tighten this one up a little bit more. Imagine if your girlfriend who you're gonna marry dated Russell Brand. That'd yeah, be a bummer.
1: The Russell Brand is the Lakers.
0: Yeah. I don't even know if he's the Lakers anymore. Well, not probably anymore. Yeah. But you know what? I got to watch myself around famous people now. Because like I could be interacting with these guys at any given moment. You know? I don't want to be at Bungalow and have brand come up to me and be like, I heard what you said about me on that podcast. <laughs> the STD joke. It's not cool. Not cool at all, dude. Um, he makes that joke himself, I think, in the movie. So that's why, that's why I'm able to get away with it. Okay, let's let's do this exercise. Can you pull up the standings in front of you from last year, so, Rudy? Yes. Before we do that, though, I have a word from Simply Safe. I like how this says: pick a stat fact, use a personal story that's interesting for you to start with. Um, what stats are we talking about? Are we talking about Twin Oaks, Men's League, 50-point game? Is that what we want? No? Okay. A recent Gallup survey shows Americans worry more about burglary than almost any other crime, more than mugging, more than terrorism, more than car theft and murder. This bummed me out pretty quick. According to studies, just over 10% of break-ins are planned beforehand. The rest are spur of the moment. Crimes of opportunity, in other words, random. Did you know most break-ins happen between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. in the middle of the day? According to the FBI, the average loss in a burglary is over 2,000. That could be hard to recover from. There are over 2 million burglaries reported every year. That's one every 13 seconds. And what's crazy is that only one in five homes have home security. Maybe because most companies really don't make it easy. You know, I've had a couple of buddies sign up for those things. You get the pamphlet, you get the thing. And you're like, I'm going to be a grown up. I'm going to order this. That's going to be awesome. Hey, everything's free. Install's free. Oh, by the way, here's your bill for all the free cameras. Not cool. I'm not going to name names. Simply Safe though doesn't do that. I had it at the house in Connecticut. Getting it set up here in well, I say here in L.A. Even though I'm in Connecticut right now. Simply Safe protects your whole home, every window, room, and door with 24 seven monitoring for just a fraction of the cost. Their police dispatch is up to three and a half times faster because they use video verification. There's no contract, no hidden fees, no fine print. That's what's awesome. The prices are always fair and honest. Around the clock monitoring is just $15 a month. So there you go. You know what you're going to spend. And that's the difference between Simply Safe and so many other security brands. Visit SimplySafe.com slash Ryan, R-Y-E-N. You'll get free shipping, a 60 day Risk free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash ryen ryan. So they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash ryan standings, standings me softly. All right. You want the West? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's do it together. So we're looking at the end of the season standings, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't, so before we touch on Golden State, can't believe it's a question, but it's legitimately a question. Denver's in the playoffs. I think Denver would do Harrison Barnes. Say, yeah, we get it. We know he's not great, but just hey, I'm just it's a little mind seed. Seeds are going to be the new currency. Portland's in the playoffs. The Anthony Simon stuff. I'm hearing out of Portland. By the way, incredible. How talented he is. Again, do that what you want. Houston. I'm going to get to Houston here as we do free agency in a second. They're making the playoffs. Agreed? Any any pushback yet? I, mean, Whatever. I,
1: I don't understand unless they trade Chris Paul for nothing and just a no. salary dump. But even with Harden, you got to think they're still making the playoffs alone.
0: Utah may be the favorite. I can't tell you how much I love that Conley. Well, I can. I have a podcast. I love the Conley trade. Love, love, love. I don't think they gave up anything.
1: Yeah, I was confused that more teams weren't in on that. Like, nobody could offer more than what the Jazz gave up for him. Like, that's... I know his contract's not great,
0: but... Choir over here. OKC's making the playoffs. Right? Yep. Can you even say San Antonio isn't? (laughs) It feels like they wouldn't, but it's the freaking Spurs. They, They won 48 games again. Let's put them in the maybe column.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what's the deal with? Not that it makes a huge difference, but is DeRozan? Is he gone? There's been what are they trying to trade him? Right?
0: Yeah, but they're not going to just give him away. Bobby Marks came on. That blew up to the Bogdanovich stuff that they would go after him. And I think what you're seeing with the Pacers, the TJ Warren, some of the other moves are they're setting themselves up in case Bogdanovich bounces. The Clippers, you got to put them in maybe category.
1: I mean, if they get Kawhi, they're they're a playoff team.
0: They're, they're, I, I think they'll they're be heavy the,
1: favorites to get him, right?
0: If they get Kawhi, and I don't know how the rest of it rounds out, it won't matter, because they'll be the favorites for that week, because it'll be the newest thing. Okay, the Lakers are making the playoffs. I would have to think they're making the playoffs, even though it would be weird to even think there's any question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, You could just do the health thing. We're not doing that. We're doing, based on everything working out, that's fine. So oh, That's seven teams. Denver, Portland, Houston, Utah. Okay. You're putting the Clippers in there already? I mean... I'm just assuming Kawhi's going there. Uh, I'm not making any assumptions on Kawhi other than, well, it's not an assumption to say. I don't. We'll get to some of this Kawhi stuff a little bit later too. I got to do a to-do list here. Horford contract, Kawhi, Rockets. I'll forget one. Uh, say Clippers end up with somebody and then Golden State with Curry and Draymond, that's my whole point. To just watch the Pelicans draft and go, yep. Now, if Zion is what we think he can be, we will know soon, and he will be a superstar in year two. That's kind of how it works. If you are one of those absolutely special guys, like Donovan Mitchell, his first year, a couple months in, you're going, wait a minute. Is this real? Is he actually this dude? And that's what he is. And he's going to have an even better time. So that's the point. Okay. That's, that's really hard to go. Yeah. Pelicans are in the playoffs. That's leaving out Sacramento, who is an improving team. That's leaving out Minnesota. Um, Memphis is likely not going to be very good. Dallas, you want to just write them off with Rick Carlisle? They won 33 games. They had a stretch where they were winning games this year. And Saruti, they were 24 and 17 at home. The Dallas Mavericks. Just always with Carlisle, it's like, put me down
1: for plus yeah. 11. And I mean, their tank at the end of the year was aggressive. So it's, they, they were, they're much
0: better than what their record was. Which maybe, I mean, I could argue, I don't think they're as good as the record, but yes, <laughs> and your you're, point.
1: And you're adding Porzingis, and you're potentially adding, I don't know, Al Horford, somebody.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Horford, that's one of the rumored destinations for him. So you just go, hey, Pelicans are in the playoffs. No problem. Mm, problem. East, Milwaukee's in. I think whatever version of Toronto would end up being, even mm-hmm. Sans Kawhi, they I would agree. be in the playoffs. Philly's in. Philly might end up being the best team on paper after the summer's over. I think Boston's in. I mean, it might be in seven or eight. The Pacers, Oladipo, I don't know what the timetable is for that. What's Magic Twitter say?
1: They gave up on him. They gave up ago. on him? Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, Please don't be upset on the fly, Pacers fans, that I don't know the exact timetable return for Oladipo's leg injury. But I, my guess would be he's probably not starting the season. Uh, I wouldn't think so, because that was a bad one. Nets, one, two, three, four, five. Some version of the Nets makes it six. Orlando, your seven <laughs> seed last year. I don't know. How about the magic no. rumor with Vucevic of Vucevic of the Celtics?
1: I just can't. I... <sighs> I think he'd be good there, but I can't imagine that that's what they're going to... That's that's their big plan, is to bring Vooch in.
0: Problem is, whatever the Celtics' big plan right now is is like three steps down from whatever their big plan was before, yeah, so maybe, maybe it is a Vucevic. But I know? think
1: he would be good. I think he would be really good, actually, with them, but I just don't... I can't imagine that they would... That would be... They'd have to probably give him close to the max, I'd imagine.
0: Yeah, too many teams have cap space. I mean, that's, that's the other point about what's about to go down here. So, we go Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, Boston... Pacers, Nets. I don't know what Orlando is. And we're doing this before we even have free agency, so this is a bit unfair. Atlanta feels like they have a chance at it, but Detroit with a with a healthy Blake Griffin, adding a couple pieces, maybe they hit on one of those things. I mean Charlotte, eh, Miami. I mean Miami and Charlotte still won thirty nine games last year. So Atlanta, who was twenty nine and fifty three, adding in all these rookies, another year of Trey Young getting better, Herder taking the next step, Collins, all those things collect like the best case version of Atlanta, sure. I'm willing to accept that they could be a playoff team, but is there a chance they still could not be? Of course, okay, I still think
1: that's asking a lot, though. Because what what do you always say about young guys, rook, rookies? Like they're not going to just come in and and win games. That's not what I mean. That's no, not don't. what happens. So you're still you're, you're still talking about a bunch of rookies and sophomores that are going to make a playoff push. Like I know the East isn't awesome, but there's so many teams in that like weird, probably five, six to 10, 11. That are all kind of the same. I don't know. Maybe they could do something, but I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see it this year.
0: The Pelicans one is more of a reach than the Hawks one. Agreed?
1: Yeah, going through that, there's, I mean, I, I don't see any way the Pelicans make the playoffs next year. I really don't.
0: Yeah, and people are today, Wait, I mean, this is, the prison of the moment stuff is so out of control in this business. I don't get it. You wake up in the morning and you go, okay, yeah, the Pelicans, ooh, best team. Well, what it, happens is I think
1: you go, okay, I like what they've done. I like Zion. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, they'll put them in the playoffs, but then you, they don't do what we just did and look at, like, okay, who are you taking out?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like music review, right? You go to a concert. You write for Rolling Stone. Like, I want to go see the Spin Doctors. Nice. And, uh, you know, do you say, worst wannabe hippie band of all time, or do you go... A collection of the greatest troubadours of this generation. Like nobody wants to write the review, be like, Yeah, you know what? Two princes is catchy, but you know, some of the some of the newer stuff, eh. It's just it doesn't doesn't like just do this do this everyone that's listening, for like the next week when you're hanging out with your buddies, like, hey, what'd you think of that movie? Oh, it was pretty uh, movie doesn't work. But just anything that you're describing. Like, you know who's like, you know what's my sixth favorite restaurant? (laughs) You know, no one does that. It's just, that's us. That's us, man. Again, George Washington reference here. Reading this stuff and reading these, the gazettes, the journals, reading these excerpts of newspapers from the 1790s, we are doing the exact same thing today with the way we talk to each other. The hyperbole back then was even more absurd. Like, if Sir Rudy had borrowed my my sickle and not returned it, I may have written him a letter and said, My, my good Sir, Sir Rudy, although people think you're Sir Rudy anyway, um, the sickle is the anchor of our family, and we have been at a loss to achieve any goal, dare I say, without sickle and find you to be the utmost of disrespect And it'd be like, hey, just bring back, just bring back my rake, you know? But that's how dudes talked to each other back then. But it it led to, like, here's George Washington running this army in the Revolutionary War. It's basically thousands of homeless people, okay? Because the government didn't pay him, they didn't feed him, it was a mess. They used to, this is disgusting, but they would slaughter cows on a march and then wipe the, or wrap the intestines around their feet to continue to march, they would know if they marched when it was too cold that guys were just going to die, going to sit down and die on the march because they just, I'm out, I'm going to die, I'm going to be over here by a tree. Okay. Let me be. Yeah. Hey, do you guys mind if I just die real quick? Yeah, I'm (laughs) out. It's freezing. So then he ends up becoming the first president as they're absolutely trying to figure out a way to get this country off the ground. And there were some real things, but like, if we need this government, like, it's a growing organic thing, so we can write all this stuff down on paper, but we need to have these things implemented. We need to try these things. And so here's Washington in his second term as president. And whatever you want to say about the sensibilities of the time, because there are some things that you're not going to like, um, I'm not going to bring up that discussion because I don't want to have a debate about what we should have thought of people in 1790. Everybody did a bad job. Okay. But if you're thinking of his, his motivations as president, like there were so many times where it was just, Hey, we need a stable federal government because they're always afraid that states were going to go, Hey, you know what? I'm out. And like West Virginia, tried to do it. Like we're good. We don't like this. We're out. We're not doing this. And so this guy that was the editor, he was like the main columnist for this paper says to George Washington, can you, can you say, you know what? I'm going to get the quote perfectly right. Because I don't want to get it wrong. And I'm a historian. You guys know how I am about this stuff. It was the general advertiser. And this guy's name was Benjamin Franklin Bosch. No relation. His nickname was Lightning Rod Jr. Because he used to go at Washington so much. So when the general advertiser later became the Aurora, um, scurrilous attacks on Washington earned him the nickname of Light Rod Jr., Lightning Rod Jr. Um, Bosch even accused him of incompetence during the Revolutionary War and, in the ultimate outrage, doubted that he had supported American independence. Quote, I ask you, sir, he confronted Washington in an open letter, quote, to point out one single act which unequivocally proves you a friend to the independence of America. Imagine saying that to George Washington. Like, can you prove anything that says that you're down with us? Anything? Like, I don't know, the last 20 years? Okay, historical ran over.
1: A debate show would run with that, though, and be like, hey, there's no proof.
0: I mean, what, what are you going to do? No, that's 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 first take genius right there. I kind of respect it. Yeah. If, if you're going to go at somebody where you know what you're charging them with, and here I'm using the term charge because I'm just in this mindset right now, the late 1700s, try to get that in the show today. Will would like that term. But it's such a disabler, or maybe disarmer is what I should say, disarming, to the person you're telling that they're not any good to go, can you point out one thing that unequivocally proves you're a friend of America? Because what the hell's unequivocally really mean? Like, no, no, that's not unequivocal enough. Nope, you didn't listen to my question. Let's talk about ZipRecruiter. We know that hiring used to be hard. There were multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done, ZipRecruiter.com slash Show. Hey, that's a new one. I like that. R-Y-E-N Show. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applicants come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within, what's the answer? The first day. Ryan? And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash Ryan Show. That's ziprecruiter.com slash R-Y-E-N Show. ZipRecruiter.com slash Ryan Show. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Free agency nuggets went on SportsCenter, talked about Kawhi. When you really gather information on him, you're not gathering any information. You're gathering the lack of information that every team has. Multiple teams that I've talked to are impressed by it. Terms like there is no inner circle. People want to knock the uncle. The uncle's a, an educated guy has, I think, some finance background. Like he may be running the show, but like you don't always get the, you can't always get to him. Like people want to act like he's this dude who's just out there talking. The crazy relative, not the case. There's no inner circle. Hey, you got a number for Kawhi? No, the number comes up dead. Um, Another guy told me that you have like a trail of breadcrumbs leading to Kawhi, and then the trail goes nowhere. Like San Antonio doesn't know who he is, and he was there. There's people at San Diego State, when he was there in college, don't really know the guy. He's as clandestine as any person in the NBA when it comes to superstars. He's a two-time finals MVP. He may be the best player in the world. And the teams that hope to have a chance on him have absolutely no read whatsoever, and that is a story in itself. That's the story. Like if I were a columnist, that's what I would write. I would write searching for Kawhi, knowing I wasn't going to get any good information, and the column would be built around the fact that it is. There are every player has a lean. The the LeBron whispers, the Durant whispers, all of that stuff. All of these guys. There's always been some things, and sometimes even. There is no bad information on Kawhi because there is no information, and that's what I was able to gather about him this past week.
1: So, is the Clippers' rumor whatever? Is that just because of where he's from? Like, then what? Is, like, what? Why do people think he's going to go to the Clippers? Then,
0: I don't know. It's
1: purely because of like, hey, I think he wants to go there, and I don't think he wants to play with LeBron. So that makes one team in LA available.
0: I feel very confident that Kawhi does not want to play with LeBron, but that's more on what happened last year, where I felt like when the Lakers were trying to figure out if they wanted to do the Kawhi trade, I don't know that Team LeBron was as down with that, because I thought they are going to have better options. Team LeBron is, has been much more open to it, but they are... Again, I just told you all the information about him is whatever, so maybe this information isn't accurate, but there's been a there's been a feeling for a while on the LeBron side of things that Kawhi doesn't necessarily want to go to him. Why would Kawhi want to, by the way? I mean, unless they really liked each other and they were they were friends and all that stuff. Like he's already got two championships, two finals MVPs, two different teams. Like he doesn't need LeBron. So that's out there, but that's so that's old and all that's doing is eliminating a destination, which by the way, still with all this cap nonsense you know the cap thing like sometimes I'll feel bad when I don't know it as well as I wish I knew it and then the guys that know it will tweet out something and then two days later they're like yeah actually but you can do this though too and you go what what the hell man so the Lakers thing which is really challenging to find that kind of space I think is even more so for um, a guy like Kawhi that you know the the rumblings are but it, none of it ever comes from him no one ever gets it from him other players be like oh you know there'll be like a home barbershop there'll be an AAU coach." There'll be somebody you can get some information from, and they're like with Kawhi, you don't you don't get it, you don't get it from him. So the Clippers thing could be all of us just going, oh L.A., he'll want to do that, he'll want to go home. But when Woj had come on and said they still have work to do, and Woj with the Sixers one was fascinating on draft night because then Windhorse Friday morning was going, I couldn't believe it. You know, Windhorse is like, look, there's plenty of stuff that Woj says that I had heard rumblings of or whatever but Woj is just the goat at this and then Woj goes oh by the way Sixers are going to get an audience I trust that Woj has great information because it's freaking Woj but I will I I guess the best way that I can do this I'm just telling you like teams in comparison to the kind of information they have on other big time free agents over the last 10 years teams that would hope to be in the Kawhi mix are like shrugging going I don't know no idea so, the Houston thing, blowing that up. And I know Daryl Morey got into like, hey, Chris Paul hasn't asked for a trade. Everybody shut up. I don't care what he's asked for or what he hasn't asked for. He doesn't want to play there. And I've heard enough of that that that's – but $38 million the first year of the new contract. No contract is impossible to trade. Don't ever fall for that because we used to do it all the time. Like, oh, no one would ever trade for that contract. That one's pretty freaking close. John Walls would probably trump that one. The Celtics. I don't understand how you can rip Ainge for losing Kyrie and then simultaneously rip him for not being bold enough to go after Anthony Davis or Kawhi. And the Kawhi thing, because of what just happened with Toronto, now everybody that doesn't risk it all for a one-year rental is now deemed bad at their job. That happened fast, but you knew that was going to happen. Kawhi wins a title. Now the rules change. Everything's different. You're supposed to just trade assets for a guy that may leave after one year. The Celtics wanted to get Anthony Davis because they wanted Anthony Davis to help them keep Kyrie. So the Anthony Davis pursuit was simply about keeping the other asset, even if the other asset was miserable, and there's Celtics people that are thrilled that he's out of there. I'm not saying Ainge. I'm not saying Stevens. Just people, day-to-day people. Celtics be like, good. See you later. But when you're ripping Ainge about Anthony Davis (laughs) – you're forgetting they still couldn't technically do this trade until July 1st anyway. Now, because they've done the parameters of it the way the Lakers did, sure, but they couldn't trade for him back in February. And I don't remember too many people saying, oh, the Celtics are idiots for not trading for quiet last summer. I just don't. But it is falling apart quickly. For a team that had all these assets, where would you put the Celtics in the future power rankings? They'd be number one in a lot of them. And now you're like, Horford's leaving? Horford was going to make $30 million. Not a surprise that he opted out. The rumors that I'm hearing on the Horford numbers are four years and like over $110 million total. So Horford will be making more age 36 season than a $30 million 33 season where he was on the books for where that felt aggressive for his play. And I love Horford, but he wasn't healthy this year. He is never going to be a superstar that completely changes the game offensively. He does a million little things that are so smart. I, look, I everybody knows how big of a Horford fan I am. Ainge won't do those contracts. He's not going to go. Oh my god, Kyrie left. Things are falling apart. I didn't get these other guys. You know what? Let me get hand out an awful contract to Horford, just to try to like get a short term win. That's not what he does. I don't know what they were doing draft night. Um, I, but it's also a draft that you go. I don't know. He. he it seemed like he grabbed like multi positional. Like Grant Williams is you know tough guy. Run the offense through him. All these different things. So that kind of sounds like an Ainge guy, but. Uh, The anti age thing, let's face it. Most of you in every other city can't stand this run Boston has been on. Boston people are brutal without success. (laughs) You know, like one of my favorite quotes ever from one of my Boston friends is like, the only thing that Boston dudes hate more than unwarranted attention is warranted attention. (laughs) (laughs) Because at least the unwarranted attention, the Boston guy can be like, whatever, dude, that guy sucks. He's a phony. (laughs) And then when they actually have to admit, like, because basically somebody said it about me, like things were going pretty well and some guys didn't really know how to handle it because they were like, we were, we were just more comfortable with you being a loser. And I'm like, thanks. And then a guy's like, dude, just don't forget. Like the only thing a Boston guy hates more than unwarranted attention is warranted attention. So there's also a bit of the Brooklyn. I don't have cable. I listen to all these podcasts I hate what Boston's about thing, Mm -hmm. that that it's definitely out there. But they're going to
1: have money, though. So, like we said Vooch before, like who else is even on the table for them?
0: Imagine they got D'Angelo Russell. This is a good, what would Hinky call it, a thought piece? This would be a good think exercise. This would be a mind-blowing thinking. (laughs) Like he's just, some of Hinky's tweets, man. Uh, how about brain stimulation yeah 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 I'm trying to like think of one that doesn't make any sense that would be a fun way to title it where you'd go this would be a good thinking paradigm right how much better is Kyrie at let's make the money even say Kyrie's he's more than that but like say Kyrie was 25 million say D'Angelo Russell's 25 million is there a huge gap between who those guys are right now I
1: think Kyrie is absolutely far and away the better player,
0: far and away. But
1: so, yep, okay. But that doesn't mean that I want him over D'Angelo
0: Russell. Oh wow, okay. You're right. I think uh, far and away seems seems.
1: Uh, I just think he's better at almost everything.
0: Yeah, and yeah, and it's by the way, it's it's multiple years where he's proven he's a pretty yep. special offensive player. And you know, the thing that scares me about D'Angelo Russell is some people just going like, "All right, whatever." Well, yeah, like twenty seven million first year done. Like you wouldn't want to see it a little bit more before you gave him that kind of money, like that one feels like, oh my gosh, why did you pay D'Angelo Russell that much? You know, two years from now, or maybe not. Maybe he just turned that corner. This is who he's going to be. He's going to be flirting with all star games. Um, I can't say that's not going to happen. So we did Kawhi, we did Houston, we did Boston. As far as the Philly thing, um, you know, Jimmy Butler, when you when you ask teams, be like, hey, what do you think? What do you think? More teams think he's staying in, in Philly, but this Kawhi Woj meeting thing is is really makes you think about the whole thing all right that'll do it for us man we will be uh next podcast we do is going to be live from manhattan beach shark's cove tuesday night what time does that thing start seven sounds like seven we're sold out we have some awesome guests lined up i'm probably just going to do some open and then bring dudes up and then maybe we'll do kind of a live life advice but we may do it with our guests surprise guests they're both locked in if we do it with the two other guys that we have lined up, it could be incredible. Explosive. Oh, I like the use of explosive. Could be some pro athletes in attendance. Probably former pro athletes. But we get a we get a, we get a hit list of some people showing up at this thing. So, um, they're not all going to come on the show, though.
1: I just start. hang out. It's a bar. Show on the beach. You look yeah.
0: outside. You see the water. And then... Um, that's the deal, yeah. So, we're live podcast from the home base now. So, I'm pumped. So, I hope everybody enjoyed the draft, even though I clearly had some frustrations with it. And that doesn't even matter. Seriously. Like, what's about to happen now in the next week or two, it is on for the NBA. So, please subscribe, rate and review. A couple reminders. Zach Lowe, the Lowe Post, did an awesome sit-down with Nick Nurse, the Raptors head coach. Incredible story from Coach Nick on that one. And a reminder, the Woj Pod will be getting going right in the beginning of July. So that's going to be awesome. I'll be on with him. So check it out. Thank you as always.